0: Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, Fitting into their schedule and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. So it's looking like the President of the United States, Joseph Robinette, Biden is finally being impeached for all of the stuff that most of us have known about for at least three years. Funny, that. Because it's becoming so obvious, like it's all of the accusations are finally starting to come out of the woodwork. The, the left wing, which knew that everything that was said about him was, was true, has finally started to get on board. They're very careful about how they talk about it, though. They're still trying to hedge their bets because they need to make sure that they don't show all the cards. But all of those cards, for anyone with eyes to see, are already on display. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Micael Arcangele defendenos in proelio, contra necutiam et incendia, stiabilias to praeсидium. Imperet ille Deus supplices de praecamur, tuique principes militae caelestis. Santa Mariae oske Spiritus malignos, qui erpeti orabani marum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in inferum trude. Amen. Cor Jesu Sacratissimum, miserere nobis. Mato Dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus, Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Domine ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus. Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculato Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Anyone with eyes to see can see the cards are already laid out. Most of the interwebs, and this is Catholic commentators. This is basically, actually, uh, in the Catholic world. That's everybody from Church Militant to Michael Knowles to Restoring the Faith uh, to Return to Tradition. Everybody, like uh, Mike Church on the Crusade Channel. Everybody kind of knows what's going on, and you can add in EW to TN and uh, iCatholic Radio. You know, uh, you know, all of the Catholic commentariat. They're all kind of aware of what's going on. They all know, but most of us have actually gotten sidetracked by the fact that now it's finally looking like Joseph Robinette Biden, the corpse in in the Oval Office, might finally get his comeuppance. We're all looking for it, right? And even outside the Catholic Commentariat, you have people like Glenn Beck, Ben Shapiro, everybody's kind of looking. We're like, is it finally going to happen? Are we finally going to cross this threshold? Dear family, no. You want to know why it took so long for us to get to this point? Because you have to work it out in such a way that everybody who goes ahead and casts the vote to impeach this president, is protected from their own transgressions. Didn't you think it was weird that for three years, there were like two people talking about the corruption of Joe Biden? And only one of them was actually talking about Ukraine? Only one of them was talking about Hunter Biden? And even that was a latecomer. Now, it could now with one person being a latecomer, it could simply be that they just didn't know. Because let's be real, we didn't know. The Hunter Biden laptop story was early on when it was being snuffed out by Twitter and the mainstream media. It was Russian disinformation and everybody was more than willing to take that. And while while conservative commentators were like, wait a minute, this can't be Russian disinformation. Oh, hey, by the way, we know better. We know you're full of crap and conservatives the, the audiences of these conservatives were like, we're obvious, like, we're all like, yeah, well, of course. How's it? It's a whole freaking laptop. It is a whole laptop. How you make a whole laptop Russian disinformation? I mean, we're talking about a freaking hard drive with acres of data on it, lewd pictures videos, selfies of all sorts of debauchery, saved messages and emails, coordinating all sorts of stuff. You're going to tell me that they, that that the, <coughs> we're sitting here, when this was first coming out, saying, you're going to tell me that this whole laptop, this entire hard drive, with all of this data and video proof of the nastiness of this little pissant, That whole thing is Russian disinformation. Twenty-nine thousand emails, videos, text messages, chat messages. You're going to tell me that this whole thing is Russian disinformation? And of course, we were right to call out the impossibility of an entire laptop being being managed magically put together with all of this. Inc- all I mean, just the the insane amount of incriminating and embarrassing data oh this whole thing's russian disinformation so those so those images of him smoking a crap crack pipe while a russian hooker is on her knees with the other member What they do? They just generated that through AI? I mean, to be sure, it's not impossible. It's conceivable that that could have happened. It's not very likely. Certainly not for gigabytes worth of data. So all of this email traffic that's on this laptop, about the business dealings. I hate that phrase. I'm so tired of hearing that phrase. Can we just call it international r- racketeering? Cuz that's what it was. It was international racketeering. All of this evidence, gigabytes worth of evidence about international racketeering. About everything that makes the mob the mob, from the hookers to the drugs, to the under the counter to the under the table payments, to the to the strong arm messages on public officials and threats, outright extortion. I mean, you, you got a laptop with all of this data on it that basically sums up everything that we ever thought that the mob was about, and it's on this one dude who is the son of the then vice president and now son of the president, who apparently, who apparently by recent video evidence, seems to still have that coke, addict, uh, coke addiction. I mean, this family is so twisted, I don't know if they're committing elder abuse on Joe Biden, or if Joe Biden is, has been such, is still being an abusive father. And it could, I mean, let's be real, they're not mutually exclusive, it could be both. They could be, you know, they could be committing elder abuse on Joe Biden because it's obvious that his faculties are not there. I mean, not that he had terribly many faculties when he was, when he was there, <clears throat> And they're finally getting around to impeaching him. Now, why it took three years? I don't know. Actually, I do know. So, they quashed it in 2020. It's a conspiracy theory, that's what they said. And they shouted at a bunch of people. It's like, dude, there's a freaking, there's a physical laptop. There's gigabytes of data. But the people who were gaslighting us into managing to, well, I don't know, I, all of the dead people that pulled the lever for Joe Biden and all that stuff. I mean, let's be real. Um, <clears throat> let's be real. We have a long history on this podcast saying that election was not real. They had to forcibly glitch the matrix out long enough to make it seem almost legitimate, so that people would not rise up and burn down the Capitol. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, and I say this with all earnestness and and in all sincerity, we are long past time when we should have risen up and burnt down the Capitol core thesis. Why did it take so long to get to this point? They're finally going to impeach him, right? He's finally going to get his just just desserts, right? He's finally going to pay for his many, many crimes. Except that even if he's impeached, he's not. Joe Biden, I don't think, is actually competent to stand a trial. So even if we impeach him, even if they kick him out of office, what what then? They're just going to kick him out of office. Think they're going to throw him in prison? That ain't going to happen. The guy's the guy's crustier than stale bread. He's probably he, he's probably not even going to survive to make the election of his own like with everything that they have to do to try and keep him up and around and moving, the guy's falling apart in front of our eyes. You think he's competent to stand trial? <sighs> no. I was not even competent competent enough to go to confession. So is he going to finally get his just desserts? Are we going to finally get that evil and corruption out of the White House? Hello? (sighs) Can I remind you? Something very, very terribly important. His vice president is just as mentally competent as he is. I mean, she's 30 years his junior, but she is equally mentally competent. And the same people will be running the show, the same handlers. So, is that actually going to change anything? Oh, but we have an election coming up. So? We should already understand. Well, actually, no, no. I'm not going to tell. I'm going to ask. I want you to tell me. And it's okay. Nobody's actually watching you talk to to your, you know, into your iPad or into your computer or talk back to your radio, whatever. However it is that you're listening to this podcast. So you can answer back in all honesty. Did they, since 2020, change the rules back to the way they were in 2016? Did they magically, mystically require voter identification? Like, did that come up at all? Particularly in states like Arizona and New Mexico and Wisconsin and Ohio? Did they magically, mystically rewrite the rules to make sure that they could validate that the people who are voting are supposed to be allowed to vote? Have you heard any talk about that whatsoever? I didn't think so. So if the system is still constituted the way it was in 2020, do you honestly believe they can't do it again? Because all of those courts never took up the cases It was never taken up in the U.S. district courts. It was never taken up in any of the federal courts. It never got to the Supreme Court about all of the things that they did to break the elections. For crying out loud, Pennsylvania is one of the states. And they just elected a vegetable to the Senate. Now you could say whatever it is that you want about Dr. Oz. But you cannot say that he's somehow less competent than the vegetable that they put in the Senate. And Pennsylvania was one of those states with the broken system of 2020. So I want you to honestly tell me that if you go in November of next year and you pull the lever for your chosen candidate, that your chosen candidate is actually going to get the number of votes he deserves, and that it's not going to be a repeat of 2024. Because the best I can tell, they've changed nothing from 2020, which means going into this next election, we're going to get whatever result they want to give us. Donald John Trump could win 91 million votes in the next election and still lose. How is that possible? 91 million votes? Are there 91 million? Yes, actually there are. There are 289 million people over the age of 18 at least 250 million of them look like actual registered voters because of the way most states do their do their registration for voting anyway Donald John Trump could win 91 million votes. He could beat Joe Biden by another 10 million votes and still lose. Because it's not going to become obvious until there are actually more votes than voters in the country. So they can feed you whatever line of BS they want. I mean, they brought out 400,000 ballots in the middle of the night in most of those battleground states. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, Wisconsin. It happened everywhere. Everywhere where people were paying attention, it happened. In the middle of the night, they stopped counting, and then they started counting. Georgia... In the middle of the night, they stopped counting, and then they just resumed counting. And then you woke up in the morning, and there was somehow half a million more votes that weren't there the night before, that all, for some reason, 98% went to Joseph Robinette Biden. Weird a little. So that by a margin of 40,000 votes nationwide, I mean, he got obviously... In the in the states that count, a margin of forty thousand votes separated him from Donald John Trump. I mean, more people voted in the last election than it had ever voted in the history of these United States. Barack Obama got something to the tune of like 61, 62 million, 65 million votes when he won his election the first time. It was still just barely, just barely over 51%. No, it wasn't even 51%. What are we talking about? It was the most popular president in the history of America at the time, and he still managed just barely to eke by. <clears throat> Donald Trump got 74 million votes in his re-election. And the margin of his actual loss was only 40,000. I mean, supposedly Joe Biden got 81 million votes and whatevs. I'm sure none of them were dead. But they haven't changed it. They haven't fixed it. So, how's the outcome going to be different? Oh, well, it won't be Joe Biden. Okay, so it'll be Kamala Harris. I mean, Gavin Newsom earlier this week or last week has already actually said that Kamala is next in line. I mean, those were his words. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the vice president um, is. You know, it is, she. You know, she's next in line. They've been grooming her this last week. What she she came out and did, you know, a couple of couple of interviews and she's like, are you good are you ready? Well, every vice president is ready. Yes, I'm absolutely ready to take over for Joe Biden. He's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. But I'm ready. Really? I mean, this is the woman who spent like ten minutes talking about how school buses are yellow. And how she loves school buses. Really? Do you understand that Michael Dukakis I know a lot of I know my like a lot of my listeners are are old enough to know who Michael Dukakis is. But Michael Dukakis was light years smaller smarter than Kamala Harris. Light years smarter than Kamala Harris. Dan Quayle, Mr. Potato Head, the guy who boofed on the spelling of the word potato, was still significantly more intelligent than Kamala Harris. He was actually significantly more cogent and coherent than Joe Biden. You could and you might even well, I doubt it. You might even be able to say that he could have made a better president than Donald Trump. We we never got to see, him, so we don't know. But Dan Quayle is smarter than Kamala Harris, and that's saying something. Cause all he he literally like the only real political like the major mistake he made is he goes to a spelling bee as the vice president and accidentally puts an E on the end of the word potato because on the card in front of him is what it said because the plural of potato is potatoes with an E. Because English sucks. But he was a lot smarter than Kamala Harris. He didn't spend 15-20 minutes talking about how he loves yellow school buses. He doesn't, he never stood in front of a, in front of anybody who wasn't actually a kindergartner and talked to them like kindergartners. Kamala Harris is out there with a bunch of preteens. Preteens, I mean, you know, we're talking like they're not young kids. Space is really big. And you're going to get to see with your own eyes. Actually, no. I'm going to get to see you through a camera on a video screen like I watch everything else in my life. I'm not going to see space with my own eyes. Unless Musk hurries up and finishes up his Starship project. I'm not going to get to see that opportunity. Like, I'm not going to get that opportunity. I'm going to look at a computer screen the way I do now, and I'm going to see video of space with my own eyes. It's so big. It's fast. And we're really, really small. Ugh. The car crash of expletives that just happened in my head. I don't even know which ones to use. I mean, they were mostly clean. There were none of it. There was no profanity involved. I just don't even know. It was somewhere between "sacre bleu" and de mia." And are you serious right now? So no, I'm not confident anything is going to change. On our best day, it's not going to change. How can you say that? Who's the Secretary of State? Do you know the name Victoria Newland? Or Toria Newland. I don't even actually know her. Newland. This heifer has been in the Department of State in intelligence. Like, she has been in the diplomatic corps since Bill Clinton. Most people don't even know her name. She's largely responsible for the Maidan coup in Ukraine. Her and the CIA. She's on tape talking about it planning how they were going to rebuild the administration, talking about how they were doing everything that they could to promote democracy in Ukraine. You got a video of her, actually, thank you, Beck. There's a video of her that was just played by Glenn Beck last night of her standing on a stage, sponsored by Chevron, talking about democracy in Ukraine. Think about that. In 2013, she's on a stage talking about democracy in Ukraine at an event sponsored by Chevron. The whole Joe Biden bribery thing. What was that? That was Hunter Biden on the board of a Ukrainian natural gas company called Burisma. In fact, actually, the whole thing in Ukraine seems to have been a clash of oil and gas companies sponsored by Halliburton of... Halliburton! Okay. Some of my audience is going to hear the name Halliburton, and they have no earthly idea. Now, I served in Kosovo. And after Kosovo... Halliburton became a thing of liberal enmity. Like, they hated Halliburton. Why? Halliburton, at the time, was kind of promoted and sort of run by Vice President Dick Cheney. The Vice President George W. Bush, in the aftermath of the September 11th attacks, as we went to war in Afghanistan and then later into Iraq... Who did we take with us? Who was one of the major contractors in Iraq? Halliburton. Who's one of the main principals involved in Ukraine currently? Halliburton. Who just came out and get a scathing, cranky old man version. Like, I think he wanted to look like John Wayne, and I just wanted to slap the ever-loving daylights out of his old, crusty, cranky-looking ass. That's right, Dick Cheney comes out and goes, Donald Trump is the most threatening thing to the democracy here in America. Bro, you can't spell democracy. And even if you could, I wouldn't care because I don't support democracy. I follow Christ the King. And Christ the King doesn't give a whit about your democracy because most of the people who think that they're supporting democracy, don't know how democracy actually works. Not the communist, not the socialist, not the republican, not the democrat. But as a Catholic, I understand that democracy is Christ getting crucified and Barabbas being set free. Lest we forget that it was the will of the mob as fomented by the high priests the priests of the time the people in power who motivated them to crucify christ gee the people in power motivated and got and stirred up the mob to crucify the king of kings and lord of lords and release a freaking murderer that's democracy Democracy is people putting a little Ukraine flag saying, I stand with Ukraine. Black lives matter. I support the current thing. And then getting you to do the same. And even if you resist it, then you get to be called the conspiracy theorist. You're a hater, a bigot, a racist, a homophobe, a histophobic, phobophobic, phobophobe. Or whatever freaking retarded names that they come up with. Names that really don't mean anything. No, I'm not Islamophobic. But not being Islamophobic does not mean that I believe that Islam is a real religion. Because I don't believe Islam is anything more than a heresy. And that's assuming you even give it that much credibility. I am not homophobic, but homosexuality and the conduct thereof is disordered. It is contrary to nature and should be eradicated. It should not be promoted. It does not foment the progress and... uh, Progress? No, that's not the word. The prosperity of the human person, of the human family, or the human species. It checks none of those blocks. It should therefore be eradicated. Now, nowhere in there did I say that I think that Muslims should be eradicated. Nowhere in there did I say that gays should be eradicated. Now, if they're going to keep running around the streets and burning stuff down and painting everything in all sorts of weird colors and promoting pedophilia, then yes, they should be eradicated. Otherwise, they should be given every opportunity to repent and believe the gospel and follow the one true faith. This is so going to get me canceled. I don't care. It was the chief priests of the current age that got us around the whole world to abide by that mask bullcrap during that COVID nonsense. And democracy made sure that everybody complied. It was democracy and the compliance with COVID that caused the prelates of the one Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church to shirk their duties and close the church. Oh, it was so moving when the Holy Father gave his Urbi et Orbi presentation and came out by himself with the Blessed Eucharist. by himself in an empty square oh it was such a compelling image (laughs) not really the only compulsion I had well I can't really talk about the only compulsion I had it rhymes with vomit at the utter state of things. Because Because the people who were put in charge make no mistake by the grace of God they were put in charge of all of these departments within the church and they were made bishops and priests and cardinals. Like this is all by the grace of God. God help them if they don't repent and figure it the hell out because they will go to hell every last one of them, if they don't figure out where they went wrong. God gave them this immense opportunity, this gift, to actually lead the people at a pivotal moment in human history. And they closed the doors to the church when the people needed them most. And they promoted the abortion death jab. And they still haven't repented of that. I mean, they came close. Hey, did we go too far? You think? Eminence, you think? You think maybe you made a boo-boo? I mean, I got it. I've seen pictures of you, Eminence. You're not particularly keen on the fasting thing. So I can't imagine, you know, discipline is really a strong suit for you. I mean you seem like a nice guy, you've got an easy you, you smile fairly easily, but so did Theodore McCarrick. So the fact that you finally woke up enough to go, hey, did maybe we go too far? Eminence, yes. You went too far. Eminence, yes. You better figure it out. Eminence, yes, your soul is on the line. And yes, Eminence, I want to actually see you get into heaven. So easily distracted, aren't we? They're finally going after him. It's finally oh, they're going to do the impeachment thing. I mean, the people on the left—they're still singing their same old tune. They don't. I don't. I do not personally believe that any of the people who are saying, "Oh well, you know, it's completely on." I don't believe any of them believe it. I believe they have to say it for the same reason that the Republicans, who should have actually—I mean—you got a prime opportunity. You got an easy win. You got a prime opportunity to just go after the guy so why don't you well i know i've said it on previous recordings i've said it on previous podcasts but maybe it has something to do with the fact that they're all involved how does a guy who ran for his seat in the house of representatives in texas come to the point That yes, we absolutely should get involved in another foreign war with the stated intent of fighting a country somewhere else so we don't have to fight them here again. I mean, damn it, Dan. Dan, you lost an eye to that bullcrap. You ran on a platform that you would never support doing it again. I remember. You ran on a platform that you would never get involved in something like that again. That you would support the veterans. That you would do all of these things that are conservative. And yet, in freaking 2022, you come out and say, what? You say, oh, well, we have to support the Ukrainians. We must vote for this money and these weapons and these bombs to go to Ukraine. We must. What happened between when you got elected and now... That this is your tune. I believe... you're on the take. It's the same take. It's maybe some different companies. Maybe there's a little bit of clash here and there. But you're on the take. You're on the same take as everybody else. Everybody else who went to Ukraine to kiss that little frickin' leper's ring. That sodomite comedian... I mean, dear family, are you aware that the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, announced the opening of the New York Stock Exchange with a speech that included companies can make themselves more profitable if they invest in Ukraine? You can find it. It's out there. Go ahead and look. You'll see. I mean, this guy got elected. And clearly, the PR people, they're like, you know, your country's at war. You can't show up in a suit and tie. So what does he do? He goes to all these places. He's in a green t-shirt and battle fatigues. Guy's never been in the military. He's a bloody comedian. He's like 5'6 and a comedian. I'd call him a hobbit, but that would be too good. Hobbits are at least noble. This little goblin is running around in battle fatigues, always in the t-shirts, always in the t-shirts and the sweatshirts, always dressed casual. Everybody else is in black tie and tails, and he is in combat fatigues. That's a good look. Bro. Bro. Whoever your stylist is, is doing your dirty. But there's a question that we should ask, because here's the thing. Volodymyr Zelensky, I'm just going to put this out there. His bloodline and background is well known. Has anybody looked into it to see if he happens to be Ukrainian Catholic? Because that would be a missing piece to something kind of important in this day and age. If you don't know why, I got it. I understand. I'm only laying this out there. We know his bloodline. I just want to know if at any point he was a member of the Catholic Church. Just putting that out there. Because he seems to be a significant world leader who's in all of these places. I mean, hes he could be a puppet. He could be a prefigurement.
1: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Or he could just be the one. I don't know for sure. I gotta be honest with you, if he really was the Antichrist, I'd be disappointed. Like legit, I would be totally disappointed. I'd be like, this is the best you got? Really? Ugh. Terrible. I so expected more, like I expected somebody actually charismatic. Anyway. Why do I say he's on the take? I need to jump back over to Dan Crenshaw. I know that's a really, really, this is a hard segue. I'm sorry. How much money have we spent in Ukraine? Did you know that from the nineties up until like twenty thirteen we spent five billion dollars in Ukraine doing the exact same thing that we're actually now dumping hundreds of millions at like just dumping money into Ukraine now? They say that we haven't quite broken a hundred million or excuse me, hundred billion B billion. I don't think that's actually true, I've been kind of keeping track of the numbers, and I could've sworn we'd dumped something to the tune of almost a half a trillion into Ukraine. Because they're like, oh yeah, well we're putting in 100 million here and 100 billion there. We're putting in 60 billion here. And it was a big deal when we started, when we put more money into Ukraine in weapons for Ukraine than Russia's entire defense budget. Russia, who is significantly larger than Ukraine in both population and land area and resources. And we put more money into Ukraine than their defense, their whole, their whole budget for their entire Department of Defense. All of it. Not talking about the money that they were just spending in the invasion of Ukraine. And by the way, I'm just going to go ahead and call everybody out at this point. Nobody, I don't think anybody is a shill for Putin or Ukraine. Okay? I don't think anybody is a shill for either one. But can we just get past the, well, I mean, Putin. what Putin did was wrong. Bro, we don't know that. There is a non-zero chance we're going to get to the general judgment. We're going to look and see when everything has been revealed. And we're going to be like, oh, what he did was right. There is a non-zero chance. You cannot know if what he did was wrong. Well, he shouldn't have sent troops. Don't be a bitch. If you're willing to stand up for something, if you're willing to fight for something, then you fight for it. If you have to take up arms, then you pick up your sword and fight. Everybody's like, well, his invasion was illegal. Really? Was it more or less illegal than the invasion of Iraq? Well, Iraq can be illegal too. Well, yes, this is also true. but there was nothing in it for Russia in Iraq just like there was really nothing in it for us in Iraq unlike Iraq there is something in it for Russia and you can argue about it one way or the other for or against but what you cannot say for certain is whether it was truly unjustified and illegal Here's why. The CIA, the U.S. intelligence agencies, Halliburton, KBR, and all of those other government contractors, big oil in America, they were all involved in the Maidan coup. American government and American corporate interests were involved in the coup that overthrew the elected government of Ukraine in 2014. And Ukraine had gotten put on a fast track from 2014 up until present to try and become a member of the European Union and to become a member of NATO. Despite the fact that nobody in Europe for NATO wanted them in the EU or in NATO. And Russia always considered Ukraine out you know how we call it Ukraine and we don't say the Ukraine? Well in Russia they say the Ukraine because the word Ukraine means borderlands and it means borderlands in Russian Ukraine is the Russian borderland historically speaking that is what was always true so shut it If Mexico invaded Texas, if the entirety of Central and South America were the American Atlantic and Pacific Treaty Organization and flipped Texas over to their side, would the Uni- would these United States stand for that? No. If Russia Flipped and manages to flips and manages to bring Mexico into bricks and then brings Canada into bricks. Would America stand for that? I, I mean, you know, when that happen when that happens, and it probably will soon, we're not gonna have the power to stand against it. But if we had the power we had ten years ago, would we stand for that? No. Why? Because Canada is on our border. Canada splits these United States. It actually is wedged in between our national borders. Weirdly, because Alaska, because in order, like if you're going to drive contiguously, you have to drive through Canada to get to Alaska. Alaska is an American state, is a United State. <clears throat> the lower 48, CONUS, is a United State. Would we, stand for, would we stand for it if Russia flipped British Columbia or the Yukon Territory and made the Yukon Territory part of, part of its alliance? No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't stand for it if it was if it was British Columbia or Ontario. We wouldn't stand for it if it was Mexico. We didn't stand for it when it was Cuba. And they're supposed to stand for it when it's Ukraine? Really? Just noodle that through. I'm not going to say that what he did was illegal. Why? Because he who has no sin should cast the first stone, and in my country, we invaded Iraq! We invaded Iraq, we overthrew Nicaragua, we overthrew El Salvador, we overthrew Guatemala, we botched Panama, where the reason why Colombia and Venezuela are as broken as they are You want to run down the list? We broke Christendom. The amount of blood that is actually on American hands, and I'm not talking about necessarily physical blood, although there's uh, there are oceans worth of that. The number of souls condemned to hell because of America's meddling in the spiritual affairs of other nations... Of actual real nations people with bloodlines with history with heritage our meddling in their in their affairs for the last 100 years is more than enough to condemn all of our actions we cannot cast the stone and say well Russia invaded illegally really Libya Iraq, Manuel Noriega was CIA. That that nastiness that went on in Nicaragua, that's CIA. I want you to ask yourself a question. Look at the Dominican Republic and look at Haiti. A lot of people hear the word Haiti and they're like, oh yeah, the island of Haiti. Haiti is not a. Haiti is only half the island. The other half of the island, the Dominican Republic? Compare and contrast. We were never involved in the Dominican Republic and we were deeply involved in Haiti. What's the difference? Well, in the Dominican Republic, they're not living. In houses made of pallets and sheet metal. In the Dominican Republic, they actually have buildings. In the Dominican Republic, I mean they've got some they've got significant crime. I mean if they share borders with Haiti, that's gonna be a thing. But look at Haiti and everything that's happened in Haiti, and compare that to the Dominican Republic, and remember that half of the island is Haiti, and the other half of the island is Dominican Republic, and Haiti is always the one devastated. Haiti is always the one destroyed. Haiti is the one where they're floating across the frickin Gulf of Mexico on a chicken wing trying to get to the United States. And you can expand that to the rest of the world, but let's be real. Everything we touch brings chaos, pain, death, destruction, famine, and mayhem. Everything we touch around the world. And for the last 15 years, we've been touching Ukraine. So I'm not gonna say one way or the other. I'm not going to cast judgment on Russia for acting in what looks very much to me as a military man like a strategic and important, vitally important national decision. I'm not going to condemn Vladimir Putin for doing what he's doing in Ukraine. What I am going to say is that if we weren't doing what we were doing, then Ukraine wouldn't be at war right now and I've I've got friends in Ukraine. Like I don't know anybody from Russia. I have friends in Ukraine. I live I assume there's one I assume they're still there. Two, I assume they're alive. I haven't heard from them in a very long time, so I am more than a little bit worried for their safety. I don't know anybody in Russia. I hope they got out. I really do. I hope they're living. You know, I hope they got married and they have kids and they're actually doing all of the things that they need to do as, you know, as as men. But I'm not particularly sanguine about it. I mean, let's be real. And if they got duped, I mean, they were of military age when I knew them. And they very well may not be alive. I don't know for sure. I honestly have no way to check. Ukraine has been the most corrupt nation on Earth. It's probably actually, like, everybody's like, oh, it's, the, it's at least the most corrupt nation in Europe. You know, on that continent, it's the most corrupt nation. I have a hard time believing that Haiti, in its condition, is somehow less corrupt than Ukraine. But what I do know is that Ukraine has been a money-laundering facility for American politicians. It has been a money laundering facility for American politicians. We have 53 biolabs. The United States has 53 biolabs in Ukraine. Why? And in fact, we were like, oh, we definitely need to make sure to preserve these against the Russians, to make sure the Russians don't get their hands on it. They tried to say that at the same time they were saying, well, these were World War, these, are, these are Cold War era biolabs. Well, if they're Cold War era biolabs and and they were once communist, then everything in those biolabs, if they're not active, is actually already in Russian possession because Russia was the capital of the freaking Soviet Union and Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. But if there's something else there that we are actually trying to protect, then that means there's something else there that we are funding, which means that they're not Russian biolabs. They're not Cold War era biolabs. They're American biolabs. And there are 53 of them. And supporting democracy in Ukraine includes Chevron and Halliburton. So we have Big Oil and we have Dick Cheney. Why is Mitt Romney stepping out? It is distinctively possible that there's a little bit of a conscience left in that sleazebag's freaking mind that decided I should probably at least get away from the Senate so I don't get any of this splatter on me because I am a rich man and my riches came from someplace like Ukraine. See, Everybody who's being quiet in the Republican Party—they're implicated by their silence. Everybody who's like, like that—what is face? That, that that dummy who just came out last week was like, "Well, I I haven't seen any evidence to to conclude that Joe Biden has known anything about his son's business dealings." There's that phrase again. <clears throat> I don't see anything. I don't have any evidence that would that would compel me to say that we should impeach the president. All right, bud. <clears throat> I'm happy for you. That you're that stupid to go on CNN and say something like that. Because I didn't hear, I don't see anything. I heard if I accuse Joe Biden, they can accuse me. Because here's the thing. The only reason why they're finally letting it get to where we can impeach Joe Biden is the security state has locked itself down so that they cannot be unseated from what it is that they're doing. The reason why it's finally moving forward is because they're letting it move forward, because you're not going to find out everything. They have managed to find a way to bottle it in and sort of cordon it off so that this can just be about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and Joe's family. But mark my words, no one else In this international conspiracy that is actually an international conspiracy involving natural gas, involving the Green New Deal, involving the State Department, involving the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, nobody else is going to get implicated in this because they have managed to cordon off the Bidens so that they can take the fall. That's why Kamala's ready, because she didn't have anything to do with any of this. She's dumb as a box of rocks, and only in the position that she's in because she knows how to spread her legs. Because it's certainly not about the things that come out of her mouth, but rather probably has more to do with the things that have gone into her mouth. That's why they're letting this through, because they can manage to have this only take down the Bidens. Because the FBI is not going to be affected, the CIA is not going to be affected, the Department of State's not going to be affected. After they take out Biden and they manage to redo, like I just established earlier, 2020 part two, you know, where the Kamala Boogaloo manages to go through because, hey, she's next in line, as Gavin Newsom said. By the way, if I'm talking to you about all this stuff and you're getting kind of lost, you're like, "Ah, oh, I don't remember any of this." I got it. I understand that you don't listen to the things that I listen to. I got it. But you might want to tune in to a lot more of Catholic radio. You might even want to listen to guys like Glenn Beck and dip into, you know, Ben Shapiro and the Blaze and and all of it and and listen to Tucker Carlson and all of that. Dip in. Don't spend a lot of time there. It's it's bewildering. The part of the reason why I do this podcast is so that I can sum up for you the things that you should kind of be aware of. In this particular case, they're moving on with the impeachment of Joe Biden. That means everybody who can be implicated has protected themselves sufficiently enough that they can still push on without hurting their interests. That's what that means. That means that they have managed to cordon off Joe Biden and Hunter Biden enough that it will not stop what is happening. Is it just that Biden is impeached? Yes. Honestly, I think a bullet to the head would be the most effective. But they're finally willing to hang him out to dry not because he wagged his ass out too far but because they can protect themselves and nothing will change so everything that we're on a path for we're still on a path for and don't get me wrong I like Jim Jordan I like Marjorie Taylor Greene I like Donald Trump. I like them. But they're useless. They're useless because we're not willing to do the things that we need to do. And this counts both for Catholics and Americans. They should I shouldn't I shouldn't even actually have to segment out those two groups it should just be like and this counts for and just pick one and it mean the other one because it should be synonymous. An American should be a Catholic. If all Americans were Catholic, then I could say just Americans. But this counts for both Catholics and Americans. We're not doing the things that we need to do. You, my dear listener, may be praying your rosary every day. You may be abstaining from meat on Wednesday and Friday in accordance with with everything that goes with with the brown scapular. You may be living your life in a state of grace. You may be doing so. But are you really making the sacrifices that you need to make to make a difference? To make a real difference? I'm going to take this moment at this point for a personal anecdote, despite my better judgment. I had to be told by a coworker at work that they were Catholic. We were talking about faith, matters of faith and such. And he had to tell me he was Catholic because I could not tell on my own. Couldn't tell. There was nothing to indicate to me that he was Catholic. I had no idea. The director who is my direct supervisor in my company knows I'm Catholic. The senior director at my company knows I'm Catholic. The president of U.S. operations in the company that I work for, in my company, knows I'm Catholic. And he knows I'm Catholic, and specifically, he knows I'm Catholic from one dinner time business meeting where we're kind of getting together and and you know, working some stuff out and all that over over dinner with one with one of our customers, noticed that I was doing something at dinner that only Catholics do, and that it was obvious because he and I had had a discussion about lines that I will not cross, even for this company. Because those lines don't have anything to do with me, personally, but they have to do with my commitment to God. The president of U.S. operations in my company, which is an international company, knows I'm Catholic. He knew I was Christian and a person of faith, without a doubt. He could tell by the fact that I signed myself in the sign of the cross before dinner That I was specifically Catholic. Everybody at my job knows I'm Catholic. If you come near me and pay attention to the small stuff, you will know I'm Catholic. You don't have to ask. There is a non-zero chance you're going to see my rosary—well, actually, it's usually the chaplet of the Holy Face— Um, But most people don't know the difference between the chaplet of the Holy Face and a rosary because they basically look the same except one significantly smaller. But you're going to see what appears to be a rosary in my left hand more often than not. Particularly if I happen to be under a lot of stress. It's going to be in my hand. I'm going to be praying. They know, they know when I take time out to pray at work, usually during break time, but occasionally, but occasionally things are getting real, and I need a minute. They don't even come near me when it's happening. They just know, oh, he's praying. Let me step back. Now, I am a horrifying sinner. I'm not a saint. I pray that by the grace of God, I will become a saint. I got a lot of stuff in my history that reminds me daily how horrifying of a human being I really am. When I think, oh yeah, things are going great. (laughs) And it's in that moment, thank you, guardian angel. You have a tendency to poke your head and be like, hey, you remember that thing called pride? That was that thing we were talking about. Most days, I wish you would actually get a little bit more enthusiastic about it and be like, Hey! And actually, yo, grab me up by the throat and be like, Yo, what are you doing? (laughs) Most people don't know you're Catholic. fellow Catholic, if you're someplace where you don't really have a lot of access to the traditional Latin Mass, then your Catholic community may or may not be as strong as it could be, and you might actually be living in a city with thousands more Catholics, but they don't know that you're Catholic, and you don't know that they're Catholic, and that is a blasted problem. How are you supposed to build the community if you don't know who else is actually in your community it should be obvious that you're catholic and, and and i'm going to be blunt like this is probably one of the biggest failures of Catholic podcasters and Catholic influencers, whatever. This this 21st century, this 2020, this post-YouTube generation of Catholic evangelists, one of the biggest problems is that we're all talking about it, but we're casting the net out so wide and we're forgetting to remind each and every one of our listeners, each and every... Everybody who actually looks at us and goes, hey... They have good ideas. They're talking about things from a Catholic perspective. They're actually doing that. They're actually trying to promote Catholicism and the faith and tradition and all of these things. And we're forgetting to tell you. You need to be obviously Catholic. Not in the way that Pharisees, you know, elongated their tassels and wore bells on the hems of their stuff. Like, not in that manner. But you at least need to be Catholic enough to be identified by another Catholic whom you don't know to be able to say, that guy's a Catholic. And he might actually be serious about his faith. The whole point behind this podcast, this episode, was to let you know that it's not going to change. Nothing that has happened in the news over these last couple of weeks, as edifying as it is to see and have the idea that these people might actually start getting their comeuppance, as edifying as it is, as the most heinous perpetrator of injustice and corruption right now in the public landscape in America... You know, it's edifying to know that he might actually get held to account. But even if he is, it's going to change nothing. We're not going to get the reprieve. We have not done the work of repentance, not as a community. Most of us, not even as a family, let alone as a city, a state, a nation. Not going to happen, Captain. Joe Biden getting impeached is going to have no effect on the inflation rate. Joe Biden getting impeached is not going to suddenly make it so that you're not paying twice as much for food and gas as you were four years ago. One of the most painful realizations, actually, I came to this these last couple of weeks. Over the last couple of years, I have been gifted with opportunities that caused my capacity to take care of myself to double. That during the same time of the most rampant inflation... When everybody's like, "Oh, we're looking at paying at least a third more than what we're than what we're paying for," and I looked and I looked at my salary and I was like, "Oh, good, I'm ahead of the game," because my career progression managed to be such that I was able to keep pace with it until this year, when it passed by my capacity to keep up with it phenomenally. See, they're saying oh inflation's at three percent it's at eight percent it's at what no it's not you pick your benchmark and just check last year we had a one-third we we're paying a, a, at least a third of a, of the original price more for goods This year, it's actually double. This year, it's double. And you know it because a few years ago, a carton of eggs was, what, $1.89? The value meals at McDonald's went from $3 to $7. The same Whopper with cheese that was $8 in 2020 is $15 today. I'm talking about the combo meals. It was $8 two years ago is $15 today. That's double. They try to parse it off and say, oh, well it's month over month and it's only been this much. And year over year, it's only been this much. But when was the last time that you took stock of your paycheck and then take stock of it today and how far that money goes? And all, And you can see, we're not talking about 3%. We're not talking about 8%. This last week, it occurred to me that in the same time period when I was able to actually progress my career to where my salary increased by 30%, my costs increased by 100 And if we're being real with each other, if you're being real with yourselves, you probably saw the same thing. Most of us last year were paying $200 or $400 for groceries. Now, those of us who are paying $200 for groceries are paying $400 for groceries. Those of us who were paying $400 for groceries, if we're still paying $400 for groceries, it's because we're only buying what $200 used to get us. And next year is going to be worse. And impeaching Joe Biden's not going to change anything. Even if they did throw him out of office, even if they had the political capital and the votes in the Senate to actually finish the job, it's not going to change anything. They didn't rewrite the election laws to go back to the way they were before they stole it in 2020. And they stole it by tipping the scales and moving moving around all the pieces and changing all the rules. Forget about not even withstanding the the computer stuff with Dominion, etc. Forget about them. They changed enough of the rules to make sure that they could do what they did in 2020. That they could get away with it. That even though people were watching or trying to watch, they could still get away with it. They didn't fix any of that. So there's no reason to believe that 2024 is going to be any better. Even if they let the facade, the illusion of an election, transpire, you can't trust the outcome because we don't—I mean, this might have been like, American, like a vote for American Idol. In fact, I've got to be honest with you, I would trust a vote for American Idol better. We don't have what we thought we had. We thought we had a country. We thought we had a reason to be proud of our nation. We thought we could look at our flag and say, that's my country, I'm proud to be an American. Everybody who's actually listening to this podcast, at some point, you thought that. You supported the things that were going on because you believed that we were being right and good and true. And if you've come to this point today, and you're listening to me now, then you know, honestly, that as far back as you can remember, that has always been a lie. We didn't defeat the Nazis in World War II. We defeated Christendom in World War II. We remade the world in the image of Freemasonry in World War II. And then we proceeded to live our foreign policy accordingly. And that's America. And we were headed in that direction in World War One. And we were headed in that direction during the Reconstruction. And we were headed in that direction during the Civil War. As far back, we've always been headed in that direction. Since the Enlightenment, we've been headed in that direction as a civilization. We like to like we like to look at Western civilization like it's this one continuous thing. It's not. If there was a moniker of Western Civilization and, a thing, and such a thing could be identified, since the Protestant Revolt, we've been headed in this direction. And some of it's more obvious than others. It's less obvious, because we, because, I mean, he had great PR, it's less obvious that Abraham Lincoln was a tyrant. And he was. We didn't fight the Civil War for slavery. We didn't have to fight the Civil War for slavery. We... Fam, Britain got rid of slavery without a Civil War. France got rid of slavery without a Civil War. The whole rest of quote-unquote Western civilization got rid of slavery without having to fight a war. But America had to fight a war over it. Really? only nation in history to fight a war with itself over something that nobody else had a war over. Nobody. You know that meme, nobody, colon, nothing, You're like it's blank. And then us fighting a civil war to end slavery. Nobody else did that. So maybe that's not what it was about. Maybe we look and realize that Abraham Lincoln was probably the most bigoted guy in America. Maybe we look and realize that Lincoln was like a low-key Marxist-Darwinist type guy. And I'm not talking about his philosophy or ideology because let's be real, I doubt he read the Communist Manifesto or Das Kapital I don't think he read any of that, so I don't think that was actually a deal. But, this, but that same spirit was probably there. Darwin wouldn't publish for until after he was assassinated, so we know he wasn't actually a Darwinist. <clears throat> but you can read his papers and know that he thought blacks and natives were mongrel people unworthy of being saved. You could quote Lincoln to any Fabian socialist in the early 20th century and they would think that they were that they would think you were talking about somebody that they knew. It's the same spirit. And the more you look back in history, I mean, ask yourself why the documents recording the history of what happened to the USS Maine in Cuba are still classified. Don't know what the USS Maine is. Well, it sank in eighteen in eighteen ninety something. It has been one hundred. It has been at least one hundred and twenty years, if not more than one hundred and twenty-five years. And the documents are still classified. There are still classified documents from eighteen ninety. No wonder JFK's assassination documents are still classified. Oh, well, they have a thing for overclassifying. Yeah, and they also have a thing, the devil has a thing for hiding who he really is. Why are those those documents still classified? Because if you knew that it went back before World War II, if you knew that it went back before the Civil War, if you knew the truth... You wouldn't be demanding the impeachment of Joseph, Robinette Biden. You'd be overthrowing the whole damned thing. And that is where we're at. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.